I want you to turn on your Bible and go to 2 Kings chapter 6. Uh, 2 Kings is 6th chapter. And uh, I, I, um, I want to give you some background because we're going to kind of pick up in the middle of a situation here. Uh, there is this king. He is from the king, he's the king of the Syrians, all right? Now this guy is always starting to, uh, always trying to start trouble with the nation of Israel. In fact, you'll find that he comes up with all these plans. Like he'll think of something and then he'll call all his advisors, all his generals together. And he'll say, hey, I want to, I want to invade Israel. So as soon as it leaves his mouth and it ends up in the hearing of his uh, advisors and his council, uh, it also ends up in a pair of ears he didn't expect. It ends up in the ears of the prophet of Israel, a man named Elisha. And Elisha uh, hears this, and it says time and again, Elisha would hear what this wicked king would come up with, and he would report it to the king of Israel so that the king of Israel would send reinforcements and garrisons to fight off all the attacks. So then this wicked king gets so frustrated that he, he calls his council together and he goes, all right, which one of you, I have a leak in my administration, which one of you is the traitor? Which one of you is informing on the, to the king of Israel about what we're doing? And they're like, oh, 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 I don't remember, my lord, you know, he's sitting there, this is what he says. They said, they have a prophet who hears even what you say in your own bedroom. Come on, that's awkward. Let's just be honest. That's, just, that's the mother of all. That pillow talk ain't going to stay on a pillow very long, okay? And so he, he says, well, tell me where he's at. Well, Elisha's at Dothan. So they send, the king says, I want to seize him. So we're going to pick up right here as this king sends an entire army against one guy. Look at verse 14. It says, so one night the king of Syria sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere, right? Oh, sir, what will we do now? This young servant to Elisha cried. Verse 16, don't be afraid. Come on, there's such strength in these words. Have you ever noticed that when before God was getting ready to make a massive move on the earth, he always had to preface it with don't be afraid? Whether it was a national move, whether it was a move within the house of God in the temple or in the church, or it was a personal move, he always had to say, do not be afraid. When, when he delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, you'll find he always, he went to Moses and said, don't be afraid. When he announced that Jesus' birth was coming to his mother, he said, do not be afraid, Mary. You are honored and favored among all women. Are, are you following me? He's literally saying to us in this day, don't be afraid of 2020, don't be afraid of 2021, don't be afraid for your marriage, for your babies, for your business, for your destiny. God knows exactly where you're at. He hasn't changed his mind about you. He's not in love with a future version of you. He's in love with the you right now. Don't be afraid. Then watch this. He says, don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more with us then against us, my, man, this will preach all on its own, right? I just have to read the text and we're all going home. For there are more with us than against us. For some reason, culture today is trying to disciple this, you are the only one. You are that one remnant. You are the, no, there are more with us than against us. You plus God is always in a, ma a majority, correct? So it must mean that even if I had a whole army against me, there is more with me than against me. Now watch this. It says, there are more with us. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his 
eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, Oh Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness exactly as Elisha had asked. Come on, there's some strength in this part, in this part of Scripture that I want to unpack today, but let's pray. Holy Spirit, I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ to flood every heart. In fact, I speak to every atmosphere, every thought life, every heart condition, every position and posturing of everybody's uh, destiny and their journey right now. And I say that you are full of faith. Even if you don't feel like it, you're full of hope, you're full of peace, you're full of joy, you're full of anointing, you're full of power, and I come against every limit, every restriction, every barrier, every lie. I come against every bit of demonic harassment, and I say that it is broken right now in Jesus' name. And I call every man and every woman to the front lines of what you're doing. Lord, I call them into their strength. I call them into their rhythm. I call them into their destiny. I call them into their prophetic placement, and I ask you establish a greater uh, anointing on them, a greater claim, Lord. Let them be convinced and provoked today that you are not done with their life. You are not done with their family. You are not done with this vision, and you're moving us all forward in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. I'm calling this message, yep, there it is. I'm calling this message, uh, 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 stay Woke. Now, I have no political, cultural propaganda attached to this title, all right? Because I'm not talking about a natural wokeness. I wouldn't lower God's word to that. I am talking about a hope and a wokeness that you are anchored in in the supernatural. Because there's a difference between seeing things with natural sight and there is a difference with seeing things from godly sight, spiritual sight, from heaven's perspective. And I just wonder, why would God ask a church to start a dream center? Why would God ask a church to launch into a new campus in the middle of a pandemic? Why would God raise up a college in Allen like 1132? Why would God do what he's done in the last five to seven years only because there is a group, a tribe of people that are woke and they are not going back to bed and all the other things. You're not going to let your addictions tuck you back in. You're not going to let your pain get you comfortable again. You're not going to let all your excuses somehow start nesting for you. No, you are so woke. You are so aware. You are so cognitive of what God is doing. You can never go back because you've been ruined. You've seen too much. You've been a part of too much. You've prayed too long. You've worshiped too hard. There's too much blood, sweat, and tears in the soil of your heart for you to go back to spiritual sleep. No, God woke you up. It's time that we stay woke. Are you following me? I remember one time I was coming out of the gym. Don't let that surprise you. This takes work up here. I'm not going to lie. All right, I'm doing 40 days of fitness with Pastor Dustin. Praying I don't die. And, and I, 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 uh, I remember I, I was coming out of the gym. It was a dodgeball tournament, so don't be that impressed. <laughs> and so I remember we got eliminated early, and that doesn't matter either, but I'm competitive. And I'm walking, I actually wasn't going to share this story, but my son was like, you can't preach that message and not share this story. Because I didn't share it in the first service, so I got in trouble with my son. Anyways, um, so I remember I was walking out of the gym, I get this text message. It's a series of three texts, one sentence. First one said, yo, what's up? Next one said, is this Darnisha? Next one said, because this Antoine from Saturday night. Now, 
I promise before Jehovah God, family, I meant to text back. This is not Darnisha. Pastor Keon, but the autocorrect on my phone said this is Darnisha. So then Antoine hit back. He's like, sup, girl. So I didn't have anything else to do the rest of the night. So I just texted back. Nothing, he, 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 emoji, 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 the whole thing. And I started a conversation. I had nothing else. I was a catfish before it was a show. I'm telling you that right now. I'm a, I'm a pioneer. I'm a trendsetter. All right? I'm, anyways, I'm going to get in trouble. So I, 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 he, he said, nothing. What you doing right now? I said, I just got out of the gym. I'm kind of tired. He said, well, you should go to bed then. I'm like, oh, look at Antoine. Speaking godly direction into my life. First 30 seconds. So I, I go to bed. Now, anyone that knows me, I mean, Ani e and I ran for a long time. You know, if I, I go to bed at 9 o'clock. I'm early to bed, early to ride. I go to bed at 9, I wake up at 5. That's me. That's your boy. I've been that way since high school, all right? I, 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 like, trust me. That, that's what I do. So everybody on our team, okay, everybody in my family, everyone that knows me knows, you don't text Chris after 9 p.m. He, you don't go text back. So I'm lying in bed, okay, falling asleep. My phone's over to my left. My wife over here reading her Bible because she's a real Christian, all right? And, and I remember my phone goes off, and I'm thinking, that could only be one person. Sure enough, it was Antoine. And he says, sweet dreams, baby girl. And I thought, oh, oh, look at Antoine caring about the condition of my rest. So I start responding, lying down, laughing. I'm like, <laughs> you don't even know. You don't even know. Joke's on him. You know, the whole thing. And I'm laughing, and my wife's like, um, who's that? Um, I, I said, it's Antoine. <laughs> she said, who's Antoine? What does he want? I said, well, uh, lies funny. I'm Antoine. And she said, hold on. You're a married man pretending to be a woman talking to another man? I said, baby, when you say it like that, it sounds bad. This went on for two weeks. Yes, I am that. I told you I was insane. I wasn't lying. I'm a man of God. I'm crazy. All right? This went on for two weeks. You're like, no way. Go look up the hashtag Days of Darnisha. Darnisha with an E because she's a strong woman, independent, deep soul. Anyways, Dar Darnisha, all right? Days of Darnisha. I would, I would screenshot our conversations and post them to social media. I, I, I had people following the hashtag from all over the world going, you're the best pastor in the world. I'm like, I know that, right? So like, uh, this is going on. But then Antoine hit Darnisha slash me with the, hey, I want to see you again. And I'm thinking we're we going to have some, some trouble. Because he's going to notice some things have changed about Darnisha since he last saw her. Right? I knew, listen, I knew as soon as he saw me, he would realize I am not who I said I was. And I think the kingdom of darkness is shivering right now because there's a church called 1132 that is not intimidated by news cycles, by social media feeds, by headlines, by opinion polls, because we see the king making moves. And while the enemy is playing checkers, God is playing chess, and we see what God is doing. We know God is still moving. We see him. We know him. We hear his voice. I believe that woke people are the type of people that cannot be intimidated. They're the type of people that are unshaken. They're unmoved. It's these people, they're not asking what's next. You know, we've lived 
in the last nine months in an unprecedented historical moment where it's always, well, what's next? What's next with the stock market? What's next with the vaccine? What's next with this? What's next with that? Can I tell you, God is not doing a next thing. He is doing a new thing. He said, behold, I do a new thing. Do you not see it? Isaiah 43, verse 19. He says, I'm creating roadways in the wilderness. I'm creating rivers in the desert. And only woke people will know how to find it. Are you following me? It's time that you start seeing what God is doing and stop being so intimidated by what you read about, what you hear about, what you watch, and be so anchored and so cemented in the word of God that your worldview is all biblical, that your talk is all full of faith, that your prayers are what he frets about. Let me just remind you, Isaiah 14, where will be a day where we will look on Satan, Lucifer, Santanas, for all the brown people, like myself. I gotta get a little Mexican in there. I can do it, right? We will look on him, and we will tell him, is this the one? Is this the guy that caused havoc on the nations? This is the guy that spread disease? This guy caused divorce? This guy caused suicide? It led to depression or depression led to suicide? This is the guy that caused pain? This is, we will, I say, let's throw the party a little bit early and just go ahead and say, you are still going to be that one because 2,000 years ago, you were de-armed and you were defeated on the cross at the resurrection and there is a new blood and there is a new covenant and there is a fresh spirit on the earth. Well, are the woke at? I'm not talking about the ones who are living with smoke screens. I'm not talking about the ones who are moved by smoke and mirrors. I'm not talking about the ones who could be hoodwinked and bamboozled and somehow talked in and out of things of God. I'm talking about those who are so anchored in their faith that their prayer life is what moves them, that their worship is what they respond to because it's a lifestyle, that they're fasting through all of this, that they're trusting God. Where are the woke at? I believe the woke are here. I believe they're watching. I believe they're in my hearing. They're in this room. They're in this lane. And I believe they're thundering with great amounts of authority because it's time that the woke rose. I truly believe this. If we're going to be woke, let me give you three things. Number one, number one, if you're going to be woke, these are three things you get to say with your life. These are three promises. These are three areas that you will never be outdone in. Number one, I'm ahead. I live ahead. Are you following me? I'm not behind. I'm not blindsided. I'm not forgotten. I'm ahead. For some reason, the enemy has got a generation of people thinking that, 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 that somehow he knows more about their life than they do or God does, which is not even true. What he does recognize is certain characteristics and spiritual traits because the way you're praying right now is the way Mariah Woodworth Etter used to pray, and she unlocked Dallas in spiritually. The way that you're fasting right now is the same way that Smith Wigglesworth fasted, and he was winning a whole generation. It's the same way the Welsh Revival broke out, the Moravians started taking ground, the Azusa Street Revival poured into the cities. I'm telling you, the way you're postured right now, he's scared of. And I like it like that. I like hell in a cold sweat. I like, the, I like the enemy nervous. I like knowing that at any moment, God will punch a hole in the roof of our lives and he will invade every season in every moment and he won't hold not one third thing back, but he will release his entire heart. God's not here to somehow uh, 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 tease you. 
He's not here to trick you and give you some budgeted Walmart version of your life. He is here to make sure his full heart is released into yours because he wants to keep you ahead. The truth is, the enemy in Daniel chapter 7, we find one of his schemes is he tries to get all of us to miss our cues. The Bible says he tries to pervert the times and the seasons. In other words, he just wants you to think, no, you're not ready. And then you subscribe to that. No, you need more training. And then you subscribe to that. No, you, you haven't prayed enough. And then you subscribe to that. When God will always ask you to do the impossible. I, I don't know why this might be shocking to some, but you'll find it is impossible to please God without faith. Uh, I just heard your pastor preach an incredible message at our church in uh, Oceans, uh, talking about moving out on a maybe, moving out on a perhaps. He preached it here. I, I'm tell, that's exactly, I believe that Church 1132 is ready to live the impossible because you're ahead now. And you're going to stay ahead. You're going to train others to live ahead. And nothing will catch you off guard. I, I remember I had a student who took a nap right before our youth service. And in the, in the nap, he had a dream. And in the dream, Jesus came to him with a Ziploc bag. <laughs> you know, one of, all the prophetic people are like, I feel that. Right? <laughs> so, like, they bring this, prof, this plastic bag, gives it to this kid. Right? And this kid, he says, he, Jesus says, take this to Walmart. Go stand in the pharmacy aisle. And whoever you pray for, I am going to heal. So this kid wakes up, drives to Walmart, forgets the plastic bag. True teenager right there, right? <laughs> and drives to Walmart, goes and stands in the pharmacy aisle, right? And he sees the line is packed full. And this woman had just finished picking up her prescriptions. She turned around and he said, hi. He said, uh, my name's Chris. I'm from 1132, uh, Church 1132. And God spoke to me. And he told me that I'm supposed to come here and pray for people. And whoever I pray for, he's going to heal. Can I pray for you? It's not like she can say, no, I'm good, I'm good. I'm, I mean, you got a bag of pills for something. For something. I mean, you, you want something? You want that stuff or you want something, right? So, she, so she's like, well, I, you know, I had back problems. I had issues. And, you know, I, I, I just, I've always lived with pain. I've just come, become my normal. He said, oh, no problem. He prays a very simple prayer. He says, no problem. God's going to heal you. Watch. Father, in the name of Jesus... I command this back to be healed. This pain will never come back. It, she will be completely healed, completely free now in Jesus' name. And when he says amen, all of a sudden this woman goes, huh! just like that. And he goes, well, what happened? And, and she said, I felt something. And he said, well, we'll do something you couldn't do. So she goes, okay. <laughs> just like this. She's like, what do I do now? And he said, well, come back up. And she's like, huh! and she goes down again. And she starts having a conversation. I haven't felt this way in so long. You know, I've been in a car accident. And she's like having a conversation while she's doing all this. God totally heals her back. To which she's starting to cry because she's realizing, I haven't lived a day without pain since I can remember. She is so full of confidence that she got healed. She took her pills and tossed them to the kid and said, here you go, and walked out of Walmart. An employee is watching, crying, and brings a Ziploc bag to the kid and says, I think you're going to need this. And so he takes the pills and puts them in there. And sure enough, one right after the other, someone got prayed for, they got healed. Asthma got healed. Blood pressure got healed. Issues in their bodies, pains, they all got healed. This kid, come on. This kid showed up to church that night. I remember I was coming out of my office, and he's like, hey, Pastor Chris, check out. <laughs> New pharmacy in town. <laughs> like this. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing? I, I, thought, I thought he was trying to sell all the pills to all the other kids. I'm like, this kid's got a past. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're trying to disciple. We smoothed out edges. We smoothed out edges. Right? So, so like, I, I'm sitting, he told me the whole story. Why would that happen? Because God knows how to keep all of us ahead. You are not behind. You are not forgotten. 
You are not second rate. You are not last pick. You are his choice. You are the apple of his eye. You are the one he sent here. You could have been born in any other season, any other time, yet you exist in this lane, in this period, in this timeline. How much more destiny does God want to unlock in your life? What would it be like if we had a 16-year-old praying and God says there's going to be a terrorist attack and the plot is being made at this address, and these are the names of the individuals, and if you show up on this day and you send the right authorities, you'll shut it down. This kid calls and gets in touch with all the right authorities, and all of a sudden they show up on the day at the same time, and they raid it, and they sabotage a wicked attack, all because there is a woke generation that is rising. It's an 1132 youth. It's an 1132 college. It's an 1132 church. This is where the global church is at. We're not just going to rally around a crisis. We're now rallying around causes. I believe that we're ahead now. If we're going to stay woke, number one, you get to say, I'm ahead. Number two, I'm an ambush. I'm an ambush. I I love this. Uh, Elisha, it says, time and again, Elisha. So this didn't just happen one time. This happened all the time. Frustrating kings. Come on, I, I want to frustrate some principalities, some powers. Some, I, I'm telling you, I want my life to be a holy disturbance. That's what I want. I don't know about anybody else, but that's my prayer. God, let me be a holy interruption everywhere I go. And I, I'm just, I, 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 it says time and again, he would, so this happened all the time. And then, it's interesting, it says that Elisha would, would go and report this to the king, and this wicked thing Wicked king thinks he's going to be the ambush when really he's walking into one. Are you following me? This is what it means. I'm an ambush. I I remember um, I was sitting in my office. My door was closed. And my sister on the other side of the door, she was El Salvadorian. And if you don't know anything about El Sal, they come with all the spicy. Okay? I'm telling you, all the sass, they come with all the spicy, especially this one. All right? That's why I hired her. And so um, I I remember uh, she, 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 she sent out there and this woman... By the way, who had heard me preach the first time I ever preached this Sunday, right here at Church 1132. This was years ago. This was back when it was the harvest, and you were meeting in this phone booth of a building over here. Right, this little whatever this at the shack. All right, this didn't even this didn't even exist. Actually, there was like a shed over here. Come on, all the original college students know exactly what I'm talking about. I I did I taught an internship in that shed. It barely had running water and heat. All right, and so I, I remember. Uh, actually, it did have running water. It was cold water. Anyway, so I, I remember I'm, I'm going, I, I'm in my office. This woman heard me preach at this church. And it was like eight, nine months later. And I'm, I'm sitting in my office, and this crazy woman comes in and goes, Oh, my gosh, I need to talk to Pastor Chris. Where's Pastor Chris? I need to talk to Pastor Chris. Where's Pastor Chris? And, I, and my assistant's like, hey, 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 what you come in here acting all crazy? What you want to talk to Pastor Chris for? Now, I'm hearing all this go on, so I get up. I go to my door and I lock the door because that's what any man of God does in this situation, right? I ain't catching no case. You ain't going to get me, all right? I ain't going up on TMZ, all right? So, so I remember I'm hearing, all, she's like, I need to talk about Chris. What, what you want to talk about Chris for? She says, a voice came into my car and gave me this address. We have an unlisted address. And told me I was supposed to come and meet with Pastor Chris. I heard him preach at the Harvest, Church 1132, eight, nine months ago. And this voice told me he has a message for me. I remember looking up at heaven behind a locked door going, I do? <laughs> like, wow, 
like, that's new. <laughs> I, I'll never forget it. I said, I do. And, and, I, and I said, Lord, I'm not ready for crazy women to storm this office. He, I said, Lord, I'm not ready. He said, that's okay, son, because I'm ready. And I'll never forget that. He said, son, what you're learning is that when I'm ready, that's when you're ready. And I truly believe that this is exactly what God is doing in this hour, is that this in our natural readiness is, be so, is being so overridden by anointing and by faith and by prayer lives that he is bringing you to the front lines. And even though naturally you're not ready, supernaturally you've been chiseled, you've been shaped, you've been prepared, and you've been momentumed into this place, and there's a thrust of a wind behind you because you're an ambush. I remember, she said, I need to talk about this. So I remember I opened the door. I said, ma'am, ma'am, listen, listen. I'm here. Come on in. I even told my sister, you come too. <laughs> Something pops off. I need you to react. You know what I'm saying? Hood level. So, so we sit in there. She starts telling me her story. It's heartbreaking. She's just got papers on her fourth divorce. She's got uh, uh, babies with, with uh, different men. And this, she, she herself identified that this was a cycle that her mother went through her grandmother went through, her great-grandmother went through. And I said, ma'am, I think we're dealing with a generational cycle here that God wants to break. And the way we break that is by you surrendering your life to Jesus. And, I, I, and I, I'm telling you, when I said this, she started manifesting a demon in my office. She went, ah, just like this. Ah, I don't know why they do that. Ah, just like that. Like they're trying to clear their throat. <laughs> ah, and demon juice is going everywhere. And I, and I can tell my, my assistant is praying in the spirit the whole time. Just like this, Right? And this, this one, ah, and it, she's praying in English as I say, Father, in the name of Jesus. And she's like, yes, Lord. But something's triggered. I'm telling you, as a Hispanic, something is triggered. When they stop praying in English and they start praying in Spanish, fam, you better get out the way. I'm telling you right now. She went, yes, Lord, in the nombre de Jesus, the fuego de Dios. I'm telling you, she went all in. This woman got saved, got set free, and is serving in her church to this day. Why? Because that is what 1132 does. You stay ahead and you stay in ambush. Where are the woke at? This is what it takes. I, I love this. You know, many things, I love many things about Scripture. But some things that help me the most are noticing what Scripture does not say. Did you notice what Elisha did not pray for in 2 Kings 6? As he's surrounded by an enemy army against him and his servant, notice he never prays about the army. Never prays. Why? Because the trouble that you think you're in is not really the trouble you're in. Could it be that you're not even in trouble? Let me put you like this. Let me put it in your world. It's probably not that you're being tested with your trouble right now. You're being trusted with your trouble right now. Because it might be a lion and a bear that gets you ready for giants and walls so that you know how to be activated and you know how to stay yielded and you know how to navigate through. And there is a warrior on the inside of you that is being built up all throughout these storms and all throughout these seasons, all around the unexpected and the unpredictable. I'm telling you, you're not just ahead, you're an ambush. Notice what Elisha doesn't pray. He doesn't pray, Lord, where are you? He didn't pray that, did he? This is under, by the way, the Old Testament. He doesn't pray, Lord, are you going to deliver us? Lord, will you protect? Notice what he does pray for. The only thing he prays for is he doesn't even pray for this army. He prays for his blind servant. Could it be that the real issue is not that I'm surrounded, it's that I don't have sight? And I got to get my sight right. And I, I, why? Because eyes that look are common, but eyes that see, totally rare. 
absolutely different. Uh, do you realize that this is what Jesus' messianic job description was from uh, the scrolls of Isaiah to when he quotes reading the scrolls of Isaiah in Luke? I mean, do you realize this is what he starts off with? He says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me and has anointed me to preach the gospel to the brokenhearted, to release uh, freedom to the captives, watch, and to restore sight to the blind. He's not talking about natural sight. He's talking about spiritual sight. It can, listen, I, you go back to Abraham. Abraham to, is struggling with, he's going to be the father of many nations. So God says, boy, go outside. This is the Chris Strata version. Boy, go outside. So he goes outside and says, now count all the stars. So he like, starts counting. And probably, if he's like me, he loses count after 12, right? So he, he's trying to count all the stars. And then he just it says, there's no way. I can't count them. There's no way. And God says, so will your descendants be. They will be innumerable and unmatched. Do you remember when they're about to go into the promised land the night before they go and start walking around Jericho? And Jesus shows up with his sword drawn. And Joshua says, I see a man with a sword drawn. And I yell to him, are you for us or for our enemies? And I love the way Jesus answers. He answers without answering. He's, are you for us or for our enemies? Nah. <laughs> Read it. That's what he says. Are you for us or our enemies? No. <laughs> like, why is, what is he saying? He's saying, Joshua... I am commander of the Lord's armies, and I have come to show you, see, I have given you Jericho. And they haven't even fought a battle yet. Do you remember he's walking through the harvest fields with the disciples? And he says, look, see, open your eyes, look, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He's not talking about farming operations. He is talking about seeing things in the spirit. You'll find that Jesus gets away with everything. This man interrupts funerals. Like, they're literally marching a dead young man to his grave. And Jesus is like, hold up. Stops the funeral. The kid rises. I mean, they're cutting holes in the roofs of people's homes. Ain't nobody tripping. I'm thinking if I did that in your house, you'd punch me in the throat. I'm like, Jesus, you get away with everything. Then he's with the blind man. <laughs> and he, this is funny. He goes to this blind man. He says, do you want to see? And I'm like, Jesus, that's cold. Like, I mean, the dude's blind. <laughs> Duh, Captain Obvious, you know. And then he says, do you want to see? And he says, yes, Lord. So Jesus spits in the dirt and makes mud and puts it on the guy's eyes. And then, and he's, then he says, now what do you see? I'm like, that's messed up. Like, come on, like this, it's a little too much, you know. And what do you see? And then what does the man respond? He says, I see men walking around like trees. Remember that, all right? I'm going to be Professor Estrada for a second. Remember that, Okay. Then he goes, okay, spits again, makes more mud, puts it back on his eyes. He says, now what do you see? And this blind man now says, I can see clearly now. Now, a lot of people think that Jesus missed it the first time. No, no, no. Jesus was healing his spiritual sight, then gave him natural sight. You say, back it up in scripture. I would be glad to. Because you'll find that trees are always referenced to people throughout Scripture. Let's take it back to Psalms. It says, blessed is the man who does not sit in the seat of the scornful, nor sits and walks along the path of sinners, right? It says, he will be like a tree planted by the river whose leaves will not wither and whatever he does will prosper. Jesus also said, you know a tree by its fruit because a good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit. He's not talking about having a green thumb. He's about knowing the folk you're walking with. Are you following me? He is always, what is he saying? I'm here to open your spiritual sight. Your natural, for some of us, our natural sight is not the problem. It's our spiritual sight. It does too much talking. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you here. But I, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the people. Yet Jesus says, I'm coming. 
and I'm coming with such love and such mercy and such authority. I'm going to restore what was lost in the garden, and I'm going to restore sight to the spiritually blind. You're not just a head. You're an ambush. And the last thing you get to say with your life is, I'm an answer. I'm an answer. You thought you were the problem. You were the answer. I'm here to break whatever lies your parents told you. I wrote a curriculum called Kingdom Identity. I get emails every week from people who've taken this curriculum all over the world. And they're just like, I have never had anybody encourage me through video like that. I don't care what your boss said about you. You are not the problem. You're the answer. Now, if you're being stupid, you're the problem. I'm just going to pastor a little bit. You causing trouble. You are the cause of trouble. You're the problem. I'm talking to you in spiritual terms. You have disqualified yourself long enough. You have talked down to yourself long enough. I believe that those who were somewhat suspect or critical towards a dream center are going to be some of the greatest resources to that place. You know, can I just tell you someone who's looking from the outside in? I used to live in Dallas and someone looking from the outside in. Dallas has not seen a fresh vision in a long time. we got some of the greatest churches on the planet in Dallas. The greatest is where I'm standing. And I'm telling you, but fresh vision, like we could unlock a city with the Dream Center and sabotage the plans of the enemy so that he becomes so frustrated we're steps ahead. And not only are we steps ahead, we're ambushing poverty mentalities and cycles. We're ambushing those areas of corruption, those areas of injustice. We're ambushing those places because we as Church 1132, we're the answer. I love Jeremiah 33.3. He says, call, call to me. I want you to hear the excitement in God's voice. Call to me. No, call me. You ever had your best friend be like, yo, you gonna call me? Don't play with me. You gonna call me? Call me later. Girl, I'm gonna see you, right? You gotta hear that. That's what he's saying. Call to me. And then he says, I will answer. Prayer is answered. God answers. He says, call to me, I'll answer. And then watch this. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I've got a prophetic word perhaps maybe it's an indicator of where you're at but the last seven to ten years in this church have been just practice because your season starts now I think I was talking with your pastor last night and it seems like a month and a half ago a momentum shift has happened and now God is posturing he is positioning he is building runway for so much to happen And it's all because you went through practice correctly. You know who put in the work in preseason because it comes out during the season. Come on, do I have any athletes in this room? You know who was putting in time in the gym, extra hours on the field, moving new skills around in their uh, their toolbox, doing everything. Why? Because it was preseason. So that when season came and the demand was there and the situation was there and they needed you, you were well prepared and chiseled. You were built and developed for that moment and you put in the work here and you didn't quite understand why God would ask you to put on the spiritual muscle and put on all the spiritual gains and go through all that prayer and go through that fasting season and go through all the blood, sweat, and tears. But it was for the preseason moment so that there was a season called 2021 that God was going to loose you like an arrow out of his bow. I feel a frustration in the room. It's a pure frustration 
but I feel the, I'm not going as far as I know I can go. If I could lovingly submit this to you, perhaps you're not going as far as you can go because you've not come as close to him as you should. You get to go farther when you come closer. What's interesting about an art shirt is that when, you know, they get all Legolas on everybody, right? And so they take that arrow and they bend their bow back. When you were about to let that arrow go, they say, bring that arrow to your mouth. Isn't it interesting that God will bring you too close to him to let whispers become shouts and then a thrust comes from that arrow and you're able to be sent by God and hit your target. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but you're woke now.